What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of Call to Comeback. I'm Bobby McGinnis, alongside my co-host, Tom Spallone. Tom, tell me how you're doing today. I'm doing great, Bob. Another great weekend of uh, sports. Our teams both won again, which is awesome to see. I, I could get used it, to this. Yeah, it's a, it, we haven't seen a lot of this the first uh, three years of Loyola, but I mean... This year it's been fun so far, so I'll hopefully we keep it up. And we got an exciting episode today. We got a few callers calling in, and uh, we have Jimmy Cody actually live with us right now. Jimmy, how you doing today? I'm good, Tom. Thank you for having me on. Jimmy, uh, so let me know. I know it's a huge day for you today, Monday, uh, October 17th. You have the Yankees playing in an elimination game in the NLDS, and you also have the Broncos trying to get back to 500 against division rival the Los Angeles Chargers. So how are you feeling right now? Um, well, the first word is stress that comes to my mind because, let's face it, the Yankees lose their out. That would be really disappointing. I think we all... When the playoffs came out, we expected them to probably make it past the Guardians. I, I think there's no question about that. They had better regular season than they went to the top division, and the Guardians didn't. So I, I would be certainly disappointed if they lost. As for the Broncos, I mean, this is a team that was kind of a sinking ship right now, so they got to find a way to kind of right this thing and get on with their season, especially after the big offseason they had. They made a lot of moves. Yeah, Jimmy, I want to know, what are your thoughts? You got Jamison Tyone on the mound tonight. Um, obviously, he's not your one. I wouldn't even say he's your two, technically. Um, so how, how are you feeling about Jamison Tyone, and would you put him on a short leash tonight? Well, Bob, I mean, if, if they don't go on a short leash, then they're clearly not serious about winning. I mean, this is a game that needs to be inning to inning. Boone cannot have another mismanagement of the pen. I saw it. This series, he has not been that great uh, with managing the pen. I was particularly disappointed about both those losses, how they were managed. I did not like not using Clay Holmes on Saturday. I did not like bringing Wandy Peralta out. I, I just don't understand why it's so hard for teams to accept that guys sometimes need a clean slate coming out of the pen. I mean, like no other guy does this, just forces guys out there for another inning, and, and they never seem to ever get anything out of it. Now, back to the point about Tyone, though. I don't really have much confidence in him as a pitcher. I, not tonight. I, I, I'm expecting maybe three innings of just solid work because I, I think this is going to be a bullpen game. It's going to be won and lost with the bullpen. You see these starters. They're not stars. And you guys would both agree with that. Yeah, no, uh, Jimmy, I definitely agree with that. Um, this is as, as big as they come. This is do or die game. Um, I, I don't think many Yankee fans are that too confident after the way the series has gone because – they really had a chance to sweep this series, if I'm being honest, and they gave game two away and they gave game three away. And you just can't do that, especially in the playoffs. And Aaron Boone uh, has really mismanaged this bullpen, uh, especially in game three, going with Clark Schmidt over Clay Holmes. That's just a mind-boggling move for me. And um, I think this is this is Boone's job on the line today. If, if they lose this game and get bounced again in, in the ALDS, I think you have to fire him. There's just no way you can bring him back next year. Uh, with all these constant playoff uh, bounces, it's, it's getting ridiculous at this point. This is this is the biggest must-win game for the Yankees uh, in the last decade, and their bats need to show up tonight for once. But, Tom, isn't he signed through 2024? You think they just agreed to a new contract last year. Yeah, you think they'd be willing to just move on? Jimmy, the thing is, like, yeah, in, like in, in New York... No, 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 I'm, no, 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 I'm not supporting them. I'm just saying <laughs> I just... I feel like that's a move they never make. Right. I just think yeah. with a big market team like the Yankees, Dodgers, Mets, like they can afford to make those moves because they'll just pay Boone the money that he's due, and they'd rather get someone else in there who can, you know, advance this Yankees team in, deeper into the playoffs. Well, do we have the money? Because we decided that we didn't want to go after Carlos Correa or Corey Seager, and we wanted IKF. So I, I can't say with 100% certainty if we have the money or if we want to spend that money. Like, let's be honest, the Yankees have not been the most aggressive in the past couple of years. They lowball judge. They don't make a move for a shortstop, even though it's a clear position of need. And by the way, IKF was benched the other day, so it's still a position of need. Um, they're, they're not serious about spending this big money, so I, I don't think you can say that with 100% confidence. I really don't. I think they're going to keep them no matter what happens. Jimmy, the only thing plus, you know that you know that he's their puppet. You know that you know he's Cash's puppet. Yeah. The only thing that I would say about the shortstop situation is that you got a kid in the minors, Anthony Volpe, who they like a lot. They didn't want to deal him at the deadline. I mean, 
I don't think that they should have either. But what I'm saying is going after a shortstop I don't think was a dire need um, or at least to ink one long term. Yeah, it would have been nice to see them maybe ink a short-term deal with one of those top shortstops that were on the market rather than signing IKF. But at the end of the day, it's like do you really want to commit long term to – to paying a superstar shortstop when you have one that's coming up and you'll have him under control. Wow, Bob, how can you say he's a superstar? He's in the minor league. He's never taken a major league at that. I say that you're acting like he's going to be a proven superstar, and I, I disagree with you. There's plenty of Yankee prospects who have flamed out. Gary Sanchez, Miguel Andujar, they came up and had instant success. Where are they now? That's fair. No, I understand. And you can look at the flip side, too. Guys like Jacob deGrom came out of nowhere. He was never ranked inside the Mets' top 30, I don't think. So I understand what you're saying in that sense. But but as each year goes on, each season goes on, the technology that they have and these scouts, like they know who is good and who's not. And Volpe is one of those guys who's going to be good in the MLB. And now I'm not saying he'll ever be Correa caliber, but I'd rather – save the money and or put the money elsewhere like towards possibly Aaron Judge um, and rather than signing a shortstop this past offseason. I don't know. It's like an eight-year deal. I, you, I see I see what Bob's definitely why saying. Not that. Both? I see, why not both? Yeah, no, why not both is right. The, the, the Cashman has <clears throat> basically said, though, I mean, it's, it's basically coming from Hal Steinbrenner that they don't want to go over the luxury tax because <clears throat> they don't want to spend, spend the money. And it's frustrating as a fan. I see both sides of the point, but um, – there's just no reason why the Yankees shouldn't have signed a shortstop last season. Now, I know we have Volpe, but you saw what the Twins did with Correa. Correa didn't have the best year, but he's 20 times better defensively than ICAF is and at the plate probably. And um, they, they signed him to a two-year deal with an opt-out, and Correa already opted out, and he's going to be a free agent again. Why couldn't the Yankees do that? They'd have him for this postseason run right now. There's no reason why they couldn't do that. Um, I think when there's enough pushback from the Yankee fan base, Cashman finally realizes and Steinbrenner finally realizes that they can't keep doing what they're doing. And it happened with Hicks. They kept trotting Hicks out there. Hicks is starting tonight, but they haven't been playing him towards the end of the regular season. And fans kept complaining about IKF, and now IKF's bench. So once there's enough pushback, no, no, the, well, I they'll realize. I think the fans were way, way ahead of the management on that move. I mean, I think Definitely. we knew that IKF was not good in August. Well, the um, reason- I could have told you that then. Uh, they're, they're, they they let the, hold on to these guys way too long. I mean, Aaron Hicks is another example of that. You're right. Yeah. They're trotting him out there now. You're saying the fans had a, a, a role in getting him out of the lineup. Well, how'd that work? Because he's back in there in our do-and-die game. Yeah, well, it's an, I know. I agree. I, I don't wouldn't put him out there tonight, but it's a little different when Benettoni's hurt. It, it's just tough. They don't want to put Stan in the outfield. They're really not trusting Carpenter with his foot still. It's just there's a lot of factors that go into it. Um, but – I would have put Peraza on the roster and played him at short and then put Oswaldo Cabrera in the outfield. But Boone, Completely agree, Stallone. Completely agree. Yeah, I think the whole fan base would have wanted that. But it's it's just Cashman not wanting to right his wrong. He doesn't want to admit that he made a mistake by going after ICAF as the, as the stopgap shortstop. So he's going to keep playing him out there. And it's the same thing with Hicks. They signed him to that, to that seven-year deal, and they don't, they don't want to write the wrong, and they don't want to admit that, that, that that's just how the Yankees are. And, and hopefully soon well, and I'll we'll go fix one that. Step hopefully. I'll go one step further. How about when they set Marinaccio down and Clark Schmidt because of options, and we kept Albert Abreu up? Yeah, yeah the stuff like that. They're not that. serious it's just, about winning. They're not serious about winning. I know, no, it is frustrating. It is frustrating. We'll see. They got a big chance tonight. Hopefully they get the win tonight. Their bats are going to have to – there's no excuse not to hit Savali tonight from Cleveland. I know he's not going to be in there Great. long. Great. He's only going to be there probably – almost a five-year Yeah, almost a five-year He'll probably be in there three innings max. Their bullpen is well-rested, so it's going to be a problem if the Yankees don't jump on, on Savali early. They need, to, they need to grab the lead in this game and let the home crowd take over or else it's going to be a tough night. So we'll see. Got to get the lead to the bullpen. I think that's really the most important thing. Yeah, Ben Boone's got to push the right buttons, so fingers crossed. Hopefully the Yankees win the night. Uh, we got to move it on here a little bit, though, Mr. Cody. Um, we're going to go a little football talk. Um, Broncos tonight, big game against the Chargers. Uh, how are you feeling? Well, I'll say this. I think the key for us is our ability to stop their offense and our quarterback play. Russell Wilson cannot have another bad game. It's just as simple as that. We need this guy to perform, and we need it now. We need to see some cooking in the kitchen from Russell Wilson. And if I get anything else besides cooking, I'm going to be really, really, really disappointed because this is not a Chargers defense that I'm scared of. 
Now, Jimmy, one thing I need to say, this this Chargers offense is has been pretty good this year, um, as we all expected. Now, what are the keys to success for uh, the Broncos to, to stop Justin Herbert and Austin Eckler? Well, luckily for us, Bob, it looks like Keenan Allen is doubtful, so he's more than likely not expected to play. Oh, now it's up to a game-night decision. Wow. All right, so I I don't know where it wow. I thought, I, really I, thought he was, I thought he was definitely not playing. That might that could be yeah, a smoke no. screen. That could be a smoke screen. Yeah, he's yeah, always hurt. So. It says Jeremy Fowler says, uh, you know, it doesn't look like he's going to play. Whenever a guy doesn't he's really actually, practice he's all week. He's inactive. It just came out, actually. He's okay. inactive. Gotcha. All right, so he's not playing. So that makes – he wasn't expected to. So I would I was surprised there for a second. Um, back to the point, though. I I think him not being there makes the job a lot easier. Sertan has to go up against Mike Williams. Who I will say has given us fits at times. He's a tough receiver. He's a big body guy, and they have to I shut him the, down. They have to shut him down. But I think the second key besides that is stopping Eckler. Uh, they cannot let them run the ball. Right. You're not. You're not going to. If they're running the ball all over us, they're going to have. We're not going to be able to be to uh, have them in a predictable kind of offense. And that's going to kill him. Yeah, it's hard to completely take Eckler out of the game and Mike Williams. So if the Broncos can just limit them and force other players on that offense to make plays, I think they'll have some success. Now, like we said, on the flip side, that means that Russell Wilson is going to have to put some points on the board as well. I agree. He has to. There's no other way that they can win, in my opinion. Yeah. Too many times I feel like the Broncos have been, you know, whenever they get on the other side of the field, they haven't been able to really capitalize. I mean, personally, I have Brandon McManus on my fantasy team, so I've been enjoying that. But as a Broncos fan, I'm sure it's frustrating. You know, you get this. Well, I don't, Brandon McManus has missed a couple of kicks this year, so he hasn't even been as good in years, as years past. So that's been a little disappointing, too. There's a lot of disappointment on this team. That's fair. Um, now, Jimmy. I just want to know, uh, if the Yankees lose and the Broncos lose as well, will you be going into hiding? Uh, I don't really think there's any option for me, right? <laughs> I mean, if, if if both of these teams lose on the same day, that's really tough because the Yankees is over, and then the Broncos, I mean, let's, where's, where's the wiggle room here? Maybe like two more games? We're essentially close to... We're as close to being dead as I think you can come, right? Five losses in October – or four losses in October. Two and four tough in, a, in a tough division, in a division with the Chiefs yeah. and the Chargers. Exactly, and you still got two games against the Chiefs, and that's not going to bode too well. So, yeah. I, I mean, I, I, they have to win tonight if for they're going to keep their season off. For your sake, Jimmy, I'm hoping that one of your teams win tonight. Um, if not, it's going to be you, tough. Bob. It's going to be a tough week for you walking around campus. But uh, like it, I said, it is, but it's not going to be as rough as blowing a ten and a half game division lead when I was shouting from the rooftops in April. <laughs> That's true. My baseball season's been over for about a week now. But, That's true. Uh, but your football season's going well. The football so season that. is going good. New New York football's back, right, Spalone? It, it is. And I, and before we let you go, Mr. Cody, I just want to. I'm just wondering, like, do you want to apologize to Bob and I yet, or are we waiting till the end of the year? I, I don't know. What what are, how are we going about this? <sighs> What is there? What was there to apologize for? So I'm pretty sure before the season started, you had the Giants probably winning around four to six games max. I think you probably say the same about the Jets. You probably no? said less about the Jets. Probably three. No, actually, Bob, I thought I thought the Jets were a more talented roster than the Giants. That was the one take that I was pretty clear and they, cut and about. So sure, and they still do. I they think, do. I, okay, well, alone a couple of weeks ago, you asked me for an apology on that. So I don't. I no, think no. that's a little crazy. No, no. I asked for an apology on on the record. I didn't ask for an apology on roster. Yeah, I mean they are. Fighting. Oh no, no, no. You asked. No, you asked for an apology on the on the roster too. But no. after, we'll, we'll talk about the record. We'll talk about the record here. Huh. I don't want to. I don't want to blow things up. But <laughs> I'll say this about about the record, guys. It's week six. We're going into week seven. Uh, there's still a lot of weeks left, so there's no apology. We're almost from at me. that halfway uh, mark, though, Jimmy. Yeah. I, I could see that argument, but I mean, you I know the Jets for a couple more weeks. Yeah. Steelers 2020 season. Go look it up. Uh, they were 11 and 0. <laughs> come on, Mr. Park. Cody. Mr. Cody, what, look at what? the next what four games. Come on, what is this? Come on, Mr. Cody. No Steelers 2020. No, no, I'm not asking to, to declare anyone Super Bowl champs, but the Ravens, Packers, and Titans. When you're looking at the Giants' schedule, those were by far the three toughest games outside of the two games against they Dallas got, and Philly. They got Oh, come on, Mr. Cody. Handed the game. Kayvon Thibodeau came around and stripped Lamar to end the game. How is that handed? That's, that's huge for a rookie. What about the, what about the 
What about the pick for the uh, the play drive before? Yeah, he fumbled the snap. I, I, so I he's say, a former MVP. I don't know what to say. So, so that doesn't matter. It was a ten. They had a ten point lead in the fourth quarter and blew it. Yeah, I mean the you're Ravens have been giving. Ignore, you're just going to completely ignore that? Like, yeah, the Giants are having a great season. They played really well. Like, I'm giving them all the credit for what <laughs> yeah, they did. Cody. Like, five, five and one's great, but let's not act like the Ravens didn't blow that game yesterday, Sloan. If you're ever coming here looking for uh, like they a did. giant rah rah game, you they came blew, to the wrong they, place, pal. The Ravens blew the game obviously because they were up for all but two minutes of that game. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so, and the so Giants took the game. Who Daniel Jones led a led a TD drive with eight minutes to go in the game, uh, and oh, and threw it. Come on, man! He threw Daniel a touchdown Jones. to Daniel Bellinger on on a play action where he was getting hit, and then they got a stop and turnover, and then they scored again. Like, how are you not going to give credit oh, to the? You, oh, did you watch and the, the Jets Bills too, bro? Look at the quarterbacks in that game. You're right, that Jimmy. And Daniel Jones compared to them. Come on, I'm not putting the Giants and the Jets on on the same tier as the Giants. You, that's ridiculous to say. That's ridiculous to say this season. If they had, if they had a better quarterback, imagine where they'd be at right now. Jimmy, Jimmy, we'd have the same re- we'd have the same record with Pat Mahomes as we would as, as Daniel Jones right now. Uh, you would, you would have beat the Cowboys. Wow, maybe, maybe we'd be 6-0 instead of 5-1. and one. Hey, all I'm going to say is I do not think that Daniel Jones is holding them back this year, and I am known. He hasn't I am, so far. I am a self-proclaimed Daniel Jones hater, yeah. so I would be the last person to say that. He hasn't made a lot of mistakes. Years past, it was the turnovers, the fumbles, the interceptions, the decision-making. This year, I mean— But he still doesn't have the talent that right, other quarterbacks right. no one's, do. No, yeah, one's, no, I'm not saying he doesn't. I, well, let's clear the air here. No one's saying that Daniel Jones should even be their quarterback next year, but let's not say that he's holding them back. I mean, they're, yeah, they're that's two one. different things, man. His ability is what holds now, them back. Now, Cooper Rush he's, he's, is what holds them back. He's not elite. He's not in like an elite guy. They can right. always improve the quarterback. I think we can yeah, all. I think we can I all agree with that. that. Nonetheless, the Giants are five and one. The Jets are four and two, <laughs> and the the Broncos are under five hundred. I know, and we should be four and one too. That's the most unfortunate part. We've blown quite a few games. And I mean, you could say the same about the Jets. They had two comeback wins. You know, once against the Browns, once against once against uh, the Steelers. So yeah. I mean, that's that's yeah. that's football, though. You got to play a hard sixty minutes. I mean, and yeah, you yeah. need you need a little luck to go your way. Definitely. Yeah, and uh, it's still a long season though, so I, I will have to see what both teams, both New York teams, and what the Broncos end up doing. I would not rule any team out. It takes, all it takes is one team to find their next superstar. I mean, hey, Bob, I don't know if you've been paying attention to what's going up in New England, but Bailey Zappi, I mean, this kid's falling out right now, right? You, you think any chance he's, uh, you know, I don't want to say the, the guy's name, but no, you no. think any Oh, any, we said this about Mac Jones yeah, too, anytime, huh? Anytime a, a quarterback gets a little success in New England, he's the next Brady. You know what? Uh, that's, your, that's your Jet fan bias coming out. You know that. <laughs> I'm just I, – I, right. He's looked we'll, pretty decent. We'll but... give him a couple more weeks. Last week we, we were talking on the show about Cooper Rush versus Dak Prescott. I think that looks a little silly now after after last night's performance. Certainly yeah, looks true. silly. But, I mean, there's a, also a Super Bowl rally being held in Philadelphia for the win yesterday. <laughs> so I think that's a little silly too. Yeah. Well, <laughs> you know what, Jimmy? Like I, I mentioned earlier – um, I, for your sake, I hope your teams win tonight. Um, and thank you thank so you. much for calling in. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. I really appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. No problem, Mr. Cody. I appreciate it. Have a good one, man. All right, thanks, guys. All right, we'll now be going to our next caller in just a moment here. Tom, Jimmy's a great kid. We got to have him in the in the studio again for an in person. It's it's just not the same on the phone. Yeah, no, nah, we do. We need him back in the studio. His uh, his takes are always fun to to debate. And um, yeah, so I'm just hoping I'm hoping the Broncos keep losing though, because it would be pretty funny, just because I want my team to be better than his, you know. Right, I know. And I told Jimmy, I said, be careful, you know, walking on campus this week, because I will be the one. Matt Truskewitz or Matt Truskewitz. Looks like we got our next caller in here. We have Matt Truskewitz and Matt McHale. How are you boys doing today? Hey, I'm doing good. Uh, I just have a couple things I want to go over with you um, after Mr. Truskewitz introduced himself. Hey, what's going on, guys? Uh, doing well. Yeah, I got a couple of things I want to discuss regarding uh, this past weekend and uh, the near future for uh, quite a few of our sports teams here. Awesome. Sounds good. Well, you just missed – we had a call with uh, Jimmy. He talked a little bit about the Yankees, a little bit about the Broncos, Jets, Giants, but I'm sure you guys have a little more to add about, about that. Yeah, I mean, big game tonight for the Yankees. Uh, I just got a notification that they'll be in a little bit of a delay to start the game. Uh 
hopefully Jameson Tyone goes out there and shoves. But uh, not the real reason why I was calling today. I was actually calling to uh, discuss the New York Giants with uh, Tom. Sounds good. Oh, boy, here we go. Alright, so I just you guys are five and one. I understand that you guys got a pretty easy schedule ahead of you. I'm just uh, trying to... it's, a, it's always an easy schedule with all these giant haters, isn't it? Mr. Cody was saying it earlier. Easy schedule, easy schedule. Well, no, wow, I have a question wow. for you. Well, let, I, have a, I, have a, I have a serious question for you. So, all right. you got four games against the Seahawks, Texans, you know, a whole bunch of crappy teams. They're they're non-competitive teams. What happens if the Giants lose? Wait, 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 wait. Did we just say that the Seahawks are a non-competitive team? Are they not? I mean, th- are yeah, they not three and three? They're, they're off yep. to a good start. Geno Smith's playing well. Are they yeah, not they're... three and three? Nah, that's a good point. But going into the year, we we didn't think they'd be contenders, but that's fine. They, they do look and good. And going right into the year, we thought that the Broncos would be, and now it's looking. I can almost mark that as a W next yeah. week for my Jets. <laughs> no, I agree with that. But all right, continue, no. Trusk. If they go on a little but bit my... of a slump. Yeah, if they let's say they go three and four against uh, these mediocre to below average teams, is it a cause of concern for uh, Giants fans out there? I, wait, you you mean one and three for the next four? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, if we lose one, if we lose three out of four to the Texans, Lions, Seahawks, and Jaguars, it is. I'm going to be upset because there's there's just no reason because we just beat the Packers and Ravens on back-to-back weeks and I I just don't see why we would it would be brutal losses for for the Giant fan base if that happened. It would make me start to question so, Dable. It would, even though he's been yeah. really good so far. I agree with that I completely. Agree. I think if they go on a, if they go on a one-three stretch right here, I think Dable should his job should be in jeopardy. <laughs> oh, that's ridiculous! In jeopardy, <laughs> they're off to the best start since 2009, and his job's gonna be in jeopardy. I think they're going to the be Hammer before, the co- Maybe both of them. Maybe both of them need to go if that's the case. You know, Mr. Trustwitz, that's you ridiculous to say because to these teams, that, that's unacceptable. I mean, you guys, all these Giants fans are acting like they're they're going to win the Super Bowl. They're this top team. I mean, uh, all I hear is Daniel Daniel Jones is better than Lamar. A reality check. And I hope that you guys lose three or four in these next four games, <laughs> and maybe uh, Dave will get the boot. Mr. Truskowitz, if we lose three out of four in the next four games, that puts our record at six and four through ten games. And I still think if you put that record to any Giants fan face before the season, I think they'd gladly take a six and four start. Uh, I really don't want to lose three out of four, though, the next four games. I'm not saying that. But I, I think it's ridiculous to start talking about Dable's job when I, think, I don't think the coaches before him could even shine his shoes for him. I, I don't know, man. I think everyone's so high on Dable right now. I think... They're gonna. I I think they're gonna have a bad stretch here, and then you know they still gotta play the Eagles twice, the Cowboys again, the Commanders twice. I think I don't think they're gonna win another division game, and I think I think uh, Dable's Dable's uh, coaching spot should be in jeopardy. I think he's gonna be on the hot seat. So you think Washington's sweeping the Giants after after that game you saw on Thursday night against the Bears? And Carson Wentz yeah. is out for like six weeks. Yeah. Yeah, it's Taylor Heineke time. That is that is true. I mean, he's probably better than Wentz if we're being honest. So that's fair. But yeah, I. That's- I don't know. Uh, man. All I wanted to hear was your input. I, I think Dable. I'm, I'm giving you a prediction here. I think Dable's going to be on the hot seat by the by by week. The biggest collapse of all time, and you guys can go back to uh, rooting for your draft pick come uh, yeah. week sixteen. You know what? That's crazy. You know, Bob, what, Mr. Truskowitz. I think the phone would have been hung up a long time ago if there wasn't someone else uh, next to you there that also wants to get a few words in. <laughs> That's yeah, I'm gonna, pass the, I'm gonna I'm gonna pass the phone over to my colleague. All right, this is a question for Bob Junior. Um, do you think what Sauce Gardner did after the game? Um, do you think that was a class? Uh, do you think that was a class act? Do you think that was just him trolling? What what, what was that? Thought, I was quite confused. He won one one regular season game, and he's acted like he's never been there before. And then the Jets, we, there's a one of your receivers who was it, Elijah Moore. He's tweeting. He's not getting the ball. And you think you think the Jets are are have a promising future this year? All right. Well, Matt McHale, first I'll go to your first point first. Um, you talk about Sauce Gardner wearing the cheese head after the game. I thought that that was hilarious. Um, obviously, I think it was Alan Lazard didn't feel the same way as he ran over and tried to flip it off his head. Um, but that, you know what? When you beat a good team like the Green Bay Packers, a team that's supposed to be better than you, Vegas had them as seven point favorites. 
have some fun after the game. I don't care if it's classy or not um, because this that's a young cornerback right there who played a very professional game on the field. Um, he broke up a great pass play um, th- throughout the game. He broke up a few passes throughout the game. I think already he's a pro bowler. Um, I'd go as far to say that. Uh, and we might even see his name on the all-pro list as well this year. Listen, you say, oh, we beat a great team, this and that. The Giants do that. I don't see any of our guys doing anything like that. That's nonsense. That is fair. Uh, that is fair, Matt McHale, actually. I think that the culture um, that the Giants have is slightly different than the one that the Jets have. I think Robert Sala um, plays and coaches he, – sorry, he coaches with a lot of emotion. I think his players kind of feed off of that. And as long as they're back to business this week and gearing up for Denver, then I'm happy. And about your other comment with Elijah Moore – I'm not going to lie. It's a little discouraging to see a guy take it to Twitter, but I understand the frustration. Elijah Moore is a good receiver coming off of a good rookie year, and he should come away with more than zero targets. I mean, the fact that he wasn't targeted once uh, is very upsetting. I'm not a big fan of our offensive coordinator. Um, I think that Coach LaFleur, he should probably see the boot after this year. All he does is fall in love with the run, which is nice when it's working. But the fact that in the first half, I believe we only had 28 passing yards off of 12 attempts, it's embarrassing. And not and not getting the ball to your best players, that's going to be a problem moving forward. So, And I think the Jets, too. Like I think, you know, you're, you're saying we got to get the ball. There are guys, this and that. Zach Wilson, man, he's no, he's no superstar. You can't, you can't, have him sit back there and sling it because that's obviously not going to work. You're going to have to go through through Brees Hall if you want any success, and you have and you have done pretty good with that. The same way the Giants, they can't they can't have Daniel Jones going out there and five wide receiver sets and have him sling the ball left and right. It's just not realistic. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, no, that might be true. I'm not sure if Zach Wilson's the type of guy to take over a game like Josh Allen. I'm not sold on that yet. Um, so, like like you said, we'll just cater to the strengths. Well, yeah, that's all I got for you. Um, good but, call. And, um, Mr. McHale, I just got a quick here. question for you before you hang up. Of course. Um, so I know, you, like you were saying, like your buddy, though, wants the Giants to just go five wide, build a brick wall in front of Jones and just let him sling it like he's Patty Mahomes back there. What, Like, what are your thoughts on that? Honestly, I think, I mean, we're running the football well, but I, I think that Jones could be a guy that can you can do that with. I mean, yeah, yes and no. I think, I, I don't know. You know what? I actually kind of disagree. I don't think that's what they could do at all. You know, the Giants. Well, well, we have. We don't, I don't even think we have five wide receivers in the roster. <laughs> first of all, we got to we got to figure that out first, and then we can start talking about building a brick wall and slinging it. But that's I true. think I think what what the Giants do best is is through Daniel Bellinger. Man, you watch the game, and that guy that guy's offense ran through him. Him and Jake, or the passing offense ran through him. Yeah. He, he's going to be a stud in a couple of years. I said, let him put on 30 pounds, 20 pounds this offseason of muscle. He's going to be the next Travis Kelsey. Yeah, man, I, I hope so. He looks like a mini Jeremy Shockey out there right now. So I'm hoping he can keep that up. And he's been a focal point of the offense so far, for sure. Yeah, definitely. You got anything else for me or is that all today? I think that's it. I think we have another caller coming in next, but uh, thank you to uh, Mr. McCann. Excuse me, Mr. Well, one, sec, one, one second. Can I just say a quick word? <laughs> Go ahead. I'm going to direct this towards Mr. Thomas Spallone. Tom Spallone, you, you have the worst giant takes I have ever heard. How? Can we, do, can, we, can we just quickly touch on the fact that you were telling me on Sunday after the Giants win that uh, Daniel Jones was better than Lamar Jackson? Did he play? Be- did he play better yesterday, or, or did he play better yesterday, or did I not watch? The, did, were we watching a different game? Who turned the ball? He, who I, turned I, the ball over in, in crunch time? Than, uh, no, no. Listen, I said he played better, but I said Lamar Jackson is the better quarterback overall. And I mean, what did you say? I mean, this, what did you say? This year, he's not you the better said, quarterback. Who's five and one, and who's three? Uh, what are they? Two and three? I, three Lamar's three still three? the better quarterback this year. I mean, weeks one through three, I, Lamar was MVP number one MVP candidate I'd say yeah but when when you're throwing games away it, but is it just him or is it Harbaugh too it's both because at some point like you got to blame the coach no I think Harbaugh should get the boots after this season as well but I'm just for this specific argument with Mr. Truskowitz I don't know why we're, we're sitting here bashing Jones when he's five and one this year I mean Lamar no, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not sitting here bashing I mean I yeah I understand you he had a good game and whatnot but you're you're Another coming out game. saying that he's better you coming out saying that He's better than Lamar Jackson. I think that's. Uh, I agree. That's I, a think, whole I, th- I think it's ludicrous to say he's better than Lamar Jackson. 
I know, and it, I think it it's ludicrous little... to say that Harbaugh is going to be the first one out before Dable. I think that's ludicrous. <laughs> that's ridiculous. That's uh, ridiculous, Mr. Truskowitz. We might have to carry this conversation on another time. All right, man. Uh, thank you guys for having me on. Uh, I look forward to doing this again. Uh, thanks for having a long-time listener, first-time caller on today. Of course. It was a pleasure. Have Appreciate a good you one. guys. All right, so that was an interesting call. Yeah, that's uh, Mr. Truskowitz and I always have some good giant jet debates. He's he's very passionate about his Jets. I know he doesn't like to see the Giants winning many many games on Sunday, so I get that. But I honestly, I think uh, Mr. McHale brought up some good points about the Jets. Uh, I mean, I don't I don't have a problem as much with the Sauce Gardner. You can say class or classless. I, um, I think that's just good energy after the game. But it, it was funny, you know. And they were probably yeah, hearing it from those fans the whole time. I thought it was a good celebration. All righty, Mr. Uh, Talercio, how are you doing today? I'm great. How are you boys doing? Pretty good. You are on call to come back right now. You are our third and final caller of the day, Pete. This yeah. is our first time doing the call-ins, and uh, it's a pleasure to have you. Um, It's a pleasure to be here. Awesome. So do you have anything on your mind today that you uh, want to bring up? Um, I would love to talk about uh, you know, my Jets and uh, how we're making the playoffs. Yes, oh, All right, all right. <laughs> How are we feeling about uh, yesterday's win in Green Bay? Ecstatic. I mean, I, I, I'm not. I can't be too happy because I saw it coming. But you know, uh, it's a wonderful win. Well, Pete, our last caller, um, he was saying that he thought that the act that uh, Sauce Gardner did after the game, wearing the cheese head, that that was classless. Uh, I want to hear your classless. thoughts on that. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's pretty crazy. I, I love the move. I, I was I was actually just talking to um Kelly and uh, I don't think it's crazy to call uh, Sauce a top three corner in the NFL right now. It's actually not. I went as far as uh, about five minutes ago. I said I think he's definitely a Pro Bowler, and I wouldn't be surprised to see his name on the All Pro list either. Oh, most definitely not. I think uh, definitely on pace for that now. Right. He. I think he's. I mean. It's still early; a lot can change. But he sh- he's the clear-cut front runner for Defensive Player of the Year, especially since is Hutchinson hurt or what? He was he... banged up a little bit, but I think yeah, you mean rookie, rookie of the year. Yeah, what did yeah, I defense. say? Sorry, yeah, rookie of the year, yeah. rookie, defensive rookie, defensive rookie. Yeah, yeah, no, nah, definitely. I Def- think um, Defensive Player of the Year will go to Micah, in my opinion. But yeah, yeah, yeah really I think so shit. as well. Um, yeah, but um. I also saw Sauce's number one in in man coverage rating. Oh, oh wow! Really? Across the whole league. Yeah, I was just there. Yeah, just saw that on Twitter. And, yeah, no, nah, that's ridiculous. He's, he's and you know what, Pete? Uh, there was actually a play that got called back in that Packers game. Sauce actually had a pick six, although it bounced on the ground before. Yeah, uh, he can come up with it. It would have been amazing to add to his high already great season. Yeah, a minute into the game, too. That would have been insane. Yeah. I mean, the Jets' defense in general, I mean, you look at other guys. Quinnen Williams had a day. Blocked field goal, a couple sacks, um, tackles for loss. He was all over the place. And honestly, I wouldn't be mad if they paid him right now. Yeah, no, no doubt. And also, I want to say how much of a joke that PFS is that they graded Quinnen a 60. That was no. probably his best wow. game. A sixty. No way. That was probably that's the crazy. Best game of his career. Wow. I gotta I gotta I gotta look at that. That's ridiculous. Yeah, no, absolutely insane. His second lowest of the year is just ridiculous. Where that's where insane. do they come up with this? this he was getting ridiculous. so much push up front too on all those runs and everything. Crazy. Block field goal, forced fumble, <laughs> sack. Wow. Yeah, what the yeah, hell? Sixty sixty grade. Yeah, some of the PFF scoring is a little sketchy, but um yeah, no, that, that Jets game yesterday, man, like I've never really seen a defense go into Lambeau and really shut down the Packers' offense. Granted, they don't have the receivers they used to, but, I mean, that's, that's no excuse for them, honestly. No, yeah, um, definitely. His Dubs has been playing pretty well this year, and uh, they use Tani in a lot, and they have two very good running backs in A.J. Dillon and Jones. And I've, I've really never seen a defense go into Lambeau and just shut down that offense like the, like the Jets did yesterday. There was just nothing – Nothing going for Rodgers or that run game from the start of the game to the to the end of the game. Well, you know what it is. Too? Yeah, no, I don't. I don't know if I've ever seen Rodgers uncomfortable in a game. Yeah, he was. He kept getting hit too. The Jets kept hitting him and, and bringing him to the turf. It's exactly what you want to do against an old quarterback like that. And he was feeling it. You could you could tell. Yeah, and you know what? The yeah, thing about yesterday definitely. too, 
for the Jets is like that first win against the Browns, miracle comeback. It feels good, but a lot went wrong during that game. Yeah. Same thing with the yeah. Steelers. They went up 10 early on, then they blew it. They were down 20 to 10. They come back late and win that one as well. But again, a lot of underlying problems kind of, you know, were covered up by the win. Then they go and play the Dolphins. And they're going up. They knock out Teddy Bridgewater early in the game, but they're playing a third stringer. And, you know, a lot of people – I honestly didn't I, – I hated saying that, uh, oh, like, you know, it was a third stringer, so it made the game easier um, because the Jets still put up 40 points. But none, exactly. nonetheless, it definitely makes it a little easier going up against Skylar Thompson than it does uh, against no, yeah, Tua or Teddy. But finally, yeah. we get to this Green Bay team. I know that they've had some struggles this year, but you're talking about a Hall of Fame quarterback with – a top probably top five defense in the league and the Jets were able to not only stop that Hall of Fame quarterback but put up points on that defense too I mean that this was an impressive win where they just led the whole way as well so I that yeah. that's what you like to see and and sitting at four and two um it feels pretty good extremely good especially going into uh against a, a game against those trash boys in Denver now do you yeah oh yeah well that was our first caller jimmy cody was talking a little bit about his denver broncos i told him that if the broncos and the yankees lose he should just go into hiding because i'll be looking for him on campus <laughs> but uh yeah no i mean the jet as far as the jets i mean next week that's going to be huge in denver we'll see i i think i think it's definitely a winnable game i was surprised to see that the spread is only four points i think they're putting a, vegas is starting to respect the jets a little bit more yeah, definitely. Yeah, I, I, I th- yeah, I thought it would be a little higher than that, but I think it might go lower after this game tonight. We'll see how the Broncos play, but it's very true. Yeah, I mean, I know P. You were talking about Jets playoffs when you when we first called you in. I'm looking at the rest of your schedule right now. Um, going into this season, the first like eight or nine games was was going to be like a like a gauntlet basically, starting out with Ravens, Browns, Bengals, Steelers, Dolphins, Packers. Broncos, Pats, Bills, Pats again. That was kind of like the gauntlet for them. And, and to be 4-2 and two right now <clears throat> through those first six games is definitely a win for the Jets. And I'm looking at the rest of, this, <clears throat> rest of the schedule. I mean, they, they do have a legitimate shot to be a wild card team at the least if they win oh, games. Oh, yeah, no, the, you know? the back half is so much easier. Yeah, and I, I, I thought New England was going to be better this year, honestly, and they haven't impressed me much. Mac Jones is hurt right now. Zappi has filled in pretty well. I'm, I'm not sure how long that's going to hold up, though. And and they just don't have any receivers. I think the Jets have them outmanned at, at that position easily. So I can definitely oh, see yeah. them at least splitting with New England. And then you like the Bears at home is going to be – that a, should be a win yeah. for the Jets. And at, like you just said, Denver next week, I, the way the Jets are playing compared to Denver right now, I mean, it's not even close. That, that's, that's just got a game that the Jets really want to have next week. And so then, I think they got a good shot you know, here. Tom, I just want to point out these last few weeks too. Lions, mm-hmm. Jaguars, Seahawks, Dolphins again. I mean – Yeah, that's, a, that's another that's good a, stretch. That's, that, that last quarter of the season could be huge because with what our rec- record is now, those are very easily going to be – potential playoff games for us you know yeah, like games, winnable games winnable game or yeah. probably hopefully we're playing meaningful games by then because those are winnable games um that could have a huge impact on whether if we make the playoffs or not oh yeah 100 percent. i was a little upset I, I don't i don't i honestly don't see us not playing meaningful games it's the way this team's playing right now i don't I don't know. I don't see that happening. It's true. I saw a clip today. I forget who it was. Someone on TV. But I remember when it came out too. They were saying that the Jets are going to be one and eight or zero oh and nine by their bye week. <laughs> <laughs> and that's, that's just crazy. aging well. And you know what, Pete? We touched a little bit on the the rookies earlier for the Jets, and it's just reminding me so much of the 2017 Saints draft class when they had Marshawn mm-hmm. Lattimore, Ryan Ramchek, Alvin Kamara. Uh, Marcus Williams, Alex Anzalone, Trey Hendrickson. I mean, you look at this Jets team, you know, Sauce Gardner, Brees Hall, Garrett Wilson, um, Jermaine Johnson. Those are the top four guys already making an impact. Then you got Max Mitchell, who unfortunately got hurt, but he looked really good uh, in the few spots that he had. And, I mean, just all around, this this is starting to become a really good – these back-to-back Joe Douglas draft classes have us set up pretty good for the future. Yes, most definitely. Yeah, I believe. Yeah, I, yeah go ahead. I, I didn't. What did you say? No, you got it. Go ahead. Oh, okay. Yeah, no, I don't, I don't understand the people hating on Joe Douglas before, like, coming into this league, into this year. I've always had confidence in Joe. He drafts so good. I don't know. 
I love Joe Douglas. Yeah, and his trades have set us up to be in this position too. So another guy, I've, well, two names I kind of forgot to mention was uh, Michael Clemens, who had a huge pump block that was returned for a touchdown oh, yeah. last game. Clemens he's, has been great. He's been great. Mm-hmm. And uh, Jeremy Rucker, we're yet to see him too much. I think he's still kind of developing. But looking mm. at the last uh, draft class too, you got Zach Wilson, Elijah Vera Tucker, who's probably a pro bowler as well this year, um, has played phenomenal at three different positions on the O-line. Uh, and then Elijah Moore, both Michael Carters. I mean, th- this we're talking about a, a team that's very young, and they're already playing very well as a group. So it's exciting. Yeah, very exciting. Uh, what, what were you guys' thoughts on the uh, Elijah Moore comment? Yeah, so that was another uh, – topic that was kind of brought up earlier um, and we touched on it a little bit I personally understand where Elijah Moore is coming from and I agree with him he should be getting at least one target I mean the fact that he wasn't targeted once um, is pathetic because he's one of our best players on the offense now the only thing that I don't like is him taking it to Twitter but I understand like these young guys they're not like the veterans that you know our parents grew up watching these guys when they're emotional they go to social media because you know uh, that's that's where they get their voice heard so i'm a little upset with it and uh, robert salad today said in a press conference that you know mistakes happen so that shows you how salad feels about it and i'm sure that they had that conversation and talked about it um and i, I hope it doesn't destroy the chemistry in in a young group that would be yeah no I, I don't i don't think i i don't think it will i just I just don't like, yeah, like like you said, I just don't like him going on Twitter with it. I guess we're winning games right now. You got to go go on Twitter and talk about it. Like, I don't know, you can have that talk with the coaches. You don't need right. to go on Twitter. Right, talk to the coaches, talk to Zach. Um, that's one of those things that needs to stay in-house. Yeah. Yeah, and no, I Definitely. agree with that. I just it, think it is concerning, though. Yeah. Having, yeah. having him zero targets. Right. Yeah, the fact that he took it to Twitter is a little a little concerning, but I mean, <clears throat> this this is the GM that drafted him, so you know that they're going to want to use you. And um, the Giants, like Dable said, like uh, when they weren't using Tony, when Tony was actually on the field, uh, they were saying like, oh, this they didn't have the right like that wasn't the offensive game plan for the week. So maybe the Jets just didn't their game plan <clears throat> wasn't around Elijah Moore this week. It was around Brees Hall and all the other playmakers for the Jets that stepped up. Maybe it wasn't throwing the ball, it was just running the ball this week. So, it's, I mean, I wouldn't really get down if I'm Elijah Moore. Like, you're winning games. I know zero targets is a, is a little rough. It means you really weren't being looked at much. But that maybe that just wasn't in LaFleur and, and Sal's game plan for the mm-hmm. week. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, I, yeah, in, in general, though, like, our passing game just wasn't there yesterday. And when you look at our uh, yeah. net passing yards with, like, sacks included, it was under 100. So, I understand he didn't get any targets, but nobody went off as far as receiving game. Yeah, yeah that's a, that was also part of it. I was saying that before. Like we we had ten completions. Like it's right. not like the ball was getting spread around, right? Like crazy. It was, yeah, passing I think game wasn't. Playing. I think Zach Wilson in the first half had like twenty eight passing yards on like twelve attempts or I I don't know yeah. something ridiculous. But mm. yeah, it's a little concerning. But like like we said, I'd say keep it in house next time. Yeah, I'm not a big Definitely. fan of Mike Lafleur though. I think he needs to. He falls in love with the running game, which is yeah, nice when it works. But... I don't know. I kind of disagree with you on that. You were saying you 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 want you want him gone after this year. Yeah, I don't know. I really? I, I think wow. he's been good. I don't know. Our offense has not been the reason why we're winning games necessarily. It's the defense yeah. has been no, huge. Yeah, the defense has been good, but I, I've heard more reports on Olbrich. Well, I guess this was earlier in the year, but I've heard more reports on Olbrich being on, on the hot seat than, than LaFleur. Right, but that was also week one and two when earlier we were living a, a lot of points up to uh, the Ravens and the Browns. That's so. true. I don't know. Mm-hmm. That Brees Hall run call was was probably one of the best offensive play calls I've seen all year where they faked the toss and they that handed to Hall in the reverse and they got they that fooled the whole D. Right. And, so, I don't know. I think he's got some creative well, plays. I'm not going to lie. He does. And the way that he used Braxton Berrios, I love. I'm very happy that we re-signed him. But the thing is, like, Mike, Mike LaFleur, his offense is only comes to life in the fourth quarter. Where is this in the beginning of the game? We had zero points for the uh, first 20 minutes of the game. Like, that's unacceptable mm-hmm. because the def- if the defense doesn't bail you out and they give up a touchdown or two, all of a sudden you're in a deep hole because you were being way too conservative and getting comfortable early on in the game. So I'd like to see him, I guess, pretend that it's the fourth quarter of the whole game and just get, stay creative and, and, I don't know, be a little a little more aggressive. That's all I want to see. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you there that he, he does need to be more aggressive earlier in the game. 
Yeah. Yeah, no, I get that. Maybe So maybe don't fire him, but I'd want to see a little more spark early on. I think, yeah, as this season yeah, goes on, definitely. Because let's not act like Zach Wilson doesn't have the talent to do some of these, you know, creative plays. No, yeah, but I, I think they need to get him more on the run, more bootlegs and yeah, stuff. Yeah, so exactly, like, out of the pocket. Yeah. Yeah, I saw, yeah, they had a few bootlegs, yes, not that many, but a few to, like, his left that didn't really work out. I yeah, think that's, they go to- uh, that was extremely quick. I uh, as soon as they ran that, that was uh, I don't know what that was. Yeah, if I'm running a boot, I want to go into his arm side unless it's like unless you got like a really shifty quarterback like Lamar. Yeah, and it, you know? it was a sh- it was to the shorter side of the field too. That that was an extremely questionable play call. Yeah, you know I didn't love that. Yeah, and another questionable play, questionable play call, which is kind of a reason why I said maybe he should be, you know, we should move on from Michael Floor is. In the first half, with a minute left, you know the Jets are third and one. And instead of running the ball to try to pick up the one yard or at least keep the clock moving, they throw the ball and it's incomplete. And now all of a sudden, the Packers have good amount of time to score a field goal because the Jets ultimately missed the field goal attempt, and uh, the Packers had good field position and you know enough time to, to put up some points. Yeah, now that was also questionable. You know, so I don't know. Yeah, no, it's definitely a good start, though, for you guys. Four and two through six weeks. You definitely sign up for that um, from the beginning of the season. So we'll see. Next week they're at Denver. Uh, I think they got a great shot to win that. We'll see what Denver – we'll see what primetime Russ looks like tonight. I'm not expecting much uh, from him. But um, moving on, Pete, we got a big uh, big Yankee game tonight, man. And this is this is as must-win as it gets. Obviously, this is do or die at Yankee Stadium. I think they're going into a delay right now, so they probably won't start until about eight or nine. So that's good for us. Give us some time. Get some dinner. But uh, how are you feeling, man? Um, I'm a, I'm I don't I got mixed feelings because I don't I don't really trust Tyone. I, but yeah. I I do think we'll hit I'll hit I think we'll hit Savali, but. I don't know if I just trust Tyone in a game like this. Yeah, we obviously want to see Cole or Nestor out there in, in, a, in a do or die game, but it's just didn't line up like that. The scheduling was all messed up for Manfred and everything, and Cole delivered a gem for us last night. And he said he's actually available tonight for an inning or two, which would be awesome to see. I've never seen a guy pitch back to back days after throwing 110. Um, so it's, it'll be all hands on deck tonight. I expect them to go to the pen early. Um, if Tyone's even if Tyone's cruising, I, I wouldn't leave him in through the, through the first round of batters. Yeah, no, I agree. I I want to. I would like to see Herman coming right at. I, I would have rather started Herman honestly. Yeah, I think I trust Herman more. No, I agree with that. I actually like Herman. I thought he pitched pretty well this year for us outside of that Houston game where he started the year. But um, he's been yeah, pretty, pretty coming good. off an injury too. After that, he he was pitching good. Yeah, I could see them them going to him right away after Tyone, and then after that it's it's really all up to Boone and Boone really needs to make the right decisions tonight with the bullpen because if he doesn't, I think if if they really lose this game, that I think you you got to fire him. Really, I don't know if Cashman has has the the you know what's to do it, but I know he's <laughs> under contract till twenty twenty four. But like, how many times is this team gonna get bounced in the postseason, especially to a Guardian team that we know that, that the Yankee roster is definitely better than. It just can't yeah, happen. no, I I hundred percent agree. I I think this this game comes down to Boone so much and how he manages the bullpen. Just because you know Tyone's not going past what four innings. Uh, I can't see him going into the fifth. So this game is really going to come down to Boone and how he manages manages the bullpen. Yeah, definitely. And I know you were upset with the way <clears throat> that he brought Schmidt in. In game three, at first I was like, all right, Schmidt, like, I think he's got talent, but, like, we're putting him into a situation where I don't think he's ready for, especially when you had Holmes uh, in the pen. I'm pretty sure he was available. So, yeah. I don't know. It's fingers crossed tonight. I'm Hopefully the Yankees get on top early and, and hit Savali around a little bit and give us some breathing room. Yeah, we need we need to get to him early. Uh, if, we don't, uh, if we don't hit Savali, I don't know. I don't know about our chances, especially with their bullpen. I I think their bullpen's a lot better than ours. I agree, and it's and it's well rested too. If you get down to, if you get down early and it gets to the middle of their pen to to class saying all those guys, it's just it's not going to be a good recipe for the Yankees at all. Yeah, no, definitely not. So yeah, we we got to get to Savali early. If, if we do, I think uh, I think we'll come out with a dope. Yes, sir, I like it. Well, wish you Yankee fans the best of luck. My baseball season's already over, so I'll just be I'll just be repping green and white throughout uh throughout the rest of the football season. Hey, right? Who's uh who's your pick to win it all? 
uh, Bob. For baseball? Yeah. You know what? It's tough, Pete. It's tough to go against the Astros, although they didn't look that convincing against Seattle. Granted, Seattle, I think, has some very good pitching, um, which is no surprise if to any baseball fan. But the Phillies are hot. And uh, it's all about who's hot. I really don't want to see the Phillies win, um, being an NL East fan. But I honestly wouldn't be surprised if uh, if the Phillies get it done. I mean, yeah, I, I could I could see that as well. It's all about I who's hot. I think that Padres that Padres Phillies series is one of the like closest playoff series like I could I could think of. Right. No, that's going to be an amazing series. I agree. Hopefully that one goes the distance just for, you know, the excitement of watching more baseball. The only thing, I mean, I'm not even trying to be a Yankee hater here. It's just like if you if you guys are struggling with the Guardians, I don't see you how you beat the Astros. I mean, not right now, but you never know. Yeah, I mean, uh, it's going to be tough beating them. Yeah, I mean, if, 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 you, if you get through tonight and just reset, um, I mean, the Yankees definitely have a powerful lineup. And honestly, as far as, as baseball goes, I would love to see another uh, Yankees-Astros series. I mean, that's that's a brewing rivalry ever since, you know, 2019. So. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I, I, think, I think we got, we'll have their number this time if we see But we'll see. We got to win tonight first. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, if we get to Houston, that's going to be an insane series. It would be the the trilogy to the to the series that we've had with them, and we've yet to win a series against them. So it's going to be that would be nuts. Um, they have Verlander rest and everything, so they obviously already have a head up on on the Yankees. But got to get through tonight, mm-hmm. and uh, we'll see what happens. You know. Yep. But uh, Pete, I appreciate you giving us a call, in, man, I, we had some good uh, good debates, good conversations about the Jets, uh, Yankees. So I appreciate that's you calling, man. Thank you for having me, boys. I'll talk to you guys. Of course. Thanks, Pete. See you, Pete. Yeah. Yeah, Tom. So, I mean, we got a lot of – we had a few callers there. We had a a few different discussions, a lot of the same discussions as well between the three of them. Uh, There's a lot going on in sports right now, but this is definitely something I think about doing again. Yeah, definitely. I like the call-in. It's always good to get a nice conversation going, a little debate, and it's a nice little mix-up when they're not in the studio, you know? Yeah, definitely. So – I mean, I, I'm all good. I got nothing else to say. It's almost been an hour-long show. Yeah, it was a good, good episode. Awesome. So that concludes our episode of Call to Comeback. Uh, today we had a few callers on, Pete Telerchio, Jimmy Cody, Matt Truskowitz, and Matt McHale. Uh, thank you guys for coming on, and we'll see you next time.